Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Nothing. You done? <laughs> story elements, Butler. Story is a great thing. It's about is what we're doing. You're telling there me is a story, story here. I, here. I don't. I'm like, oh, you're, you're done. You're done. He hasn't. Le- he's still leaping, but he's not home yet. Right? Just, they just need to do the episode before everyone dies. Ziggy. <laughs> so when he has sex with them, <laughs> they bang. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. I'm Mike Field, and you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. What's up? Nothing, just, uh... Getting a team together, hunt down some fugitives. You know, I don't care if they're innocent or guilty. It's just the law. Well, I got according to the test audience, it had to be innocent (laughs) in order for them to really like the movie. Oh, what are we doing today, Mike? We are doing 1998's The Future. Nope. Wow. U.S. Marshals. (laughs) 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 You switched the samples. (laughs) (laughs) all right we're actually doing u.s marshals the sequel to the highly popular fugitive if unless you talk to john amenta from pedal comics who does not like it he mentioned to me one time because i did an episode with him on rollerball the bad one and he's like you guys were mentioning me and i think you were talking about me but you didn't say it so but now i'm just gonna call him out he doesn't like the fugitive so head on over to planet comics and let him know why he's wrong (laughs) (laughs) just kidding john all right so u.s marshals is here we go here's the movie synopsis an airplane bearing gruff u.s marshal sam gerard crashes in the wilderness on board the same flight as mark sheridan a federal prisoner accused of double murder who escapes during the ensuing chaos, but not before rescuing several people from the wreckage. Not sure why that Mm. needs to be in the synopsis. Gerard is ordered, not really, to hunt down the fugitive along with State Department agent John Royce. Uh, He's DSS. And the two pursue Sheridan relentlessly, despite growing doubts about his guilt. 
I mean, that's a this synopsis. That's a synopsis. Well, here's the thing. This synopsis is kind of a tiny little microcosm of probably one of my notes in this of this movie is that it's called U.S. Marshals, but so it's supposed to be about the team, and the team is not mentioned in the synopsis, and yet, and in the movie, it's really more about Sam Gerard. It, oh yeah, that's absolutely. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's a it's. I don't like the title. That's what that's kind of my thing. I don't think. What the if title they take fits. away the S? You marshals, U.S. <laughs> yes, at the end. You marshals, get over here. U.S. Marshal. Uh, I get. Why don't you just call it Sam Gerard, U.S. Marshal, like something like that? Oh, that's a terrible. It's better thing. than U.S. Marshal. Sam Gerard, U.S. So, Marshal. Why? Because I got to see Daniel Robach. Oh, they got free food. Is this free? Is anyone eating this food here? Is this free? It's like, this, what is this? That's, Anyways, that's fine. Anyways, that's what they were like in the Fugitive too. We'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. But let me let's go through some facts. So U.S. Marshals has a runtime of 131 minutes. It's rated PG-13. Production budget of 60 million dollars. Uh, release date was Friday, March 6th, 1998. Opening weekend, it did $16.8 million, domestic 57, and worldwide 102. I'm going to guess that it it's probably in the black now because of DVD, but it probably, based upon you know, marketing and stuff, probably just marketing. And yeah, and I know there were some reshoots. I think that's what ballooned it to 60, but you know. Production company was Coppelson Entertainment and distributed by Warner Brothers. So obviously it's available on HBO Max. That's where Mike watched it. Unfortunately, it wasn't available when I could watch it. So I was a little day later uh, came out free and I had to watch it without (laughs) that widescreen, which I don't like. So I said it came out March 6th. It came up against Hush. You remember Hush? I remember the Buffy episode, Hush. (laughs) about the movie Hush? Twilight. Not the Twilight you're thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) And the Big Lebowski. Obviously, everybody knows of that movie. That's the only one I know out of those. That's that's not wrong to know that. (laughs) Uh, Limited release also had Love and Death on Long Island. I believe that's with John Hurt. So March 13th, the week after, you had The Man in the Iron Mask, which is actually a very good movie. It just has a terrible title. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, that's the the story. It's The Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, but it's, it's about... The Three Musketeers, the older Three Musketeers. I think it could right. have, they could have named it a little bit better. Three Musketeers, colon, Old Man guys. in the Iron Mask. U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> chairman, also the chairman of the board, not the chairman of the board, chairman of the board, not Frank Sinatra, but in fact, Carrot Top, for all you Carrot yes. Top fans out there. I, I don't know why that is one of the few films you've listed so far I know, but I know that film. But, um, yeah, you should only know Carrot Top, quite frankly, from The Hangover, and that's probably it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and also in a limited release, you had Mean Streets, a re-release of Mean Streets. Uh, that's the Scorsese film. Uh, the week before, the 27th of February, you had Dark City. Uh, a mm-hmm. Very good movie. It's also very like a, not say good movie, but a cult classic. Kind of yes. thing. Cult movie, yeah. Kissing a Fool. That's the David Schwimmer film where I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Krippendorf's Tribe, which I know is probably inappropriate now. Yep. I, I, although I kind of want to go back and watch it just to kind of see. I liked it when see it the inappropriate. I just want to yeah, see. Yeah. Now it. I feel just, like it. I just need to see it. I just need to. I need to watch it again so I can be like, yep, okay, yep, all right. <laughs> and caught up. And you also had a limited release in Alan Smithy film, Burn Hollywood Burn, and The Real Blonde. So this film is directed by Stuart Baird, who has nominated for two Oscars, but they're for editing. Stuart, and he actually. Primarily does a lot of editing. He's he does done a lot of editing. He's only had maybe three or four directorial credits, and he was nominated for an Oscar for editing for the original Superman and the movie Gorillas in the Mist. He also directed Executive Decision, which has the best death in it, uh, the Steven Seagal death, and of course, Michael's favorite movie, Star Trek Nemesis. It's not as bad as Insurrection, but this is the guy that basically directed this movie and said that he didn't care about Star Trek, which is why Nemesis plays like it's not a Star Trek movie for the send-off to 
the best TV show of the whole, oh, whatever. You know, this isn't the start. This that, isn't the place. That rant was brought to you by Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Bruce. Uh, written by John Pogue. I, I don't even know if that's how you say his name. Pog? I think that's how Pogue? you say okay. his name. Yeah. Uh, he wrote the 2002 terrible, terrible remake of Rollerball. Uh, just go watch the 75 version. Uh, he also wrote The Skulls, which was taking place in New Haven. Dude, was The Skulls interesting? I I remember. Was it I think interesting? It's not good. I feel the, like it no, wasn't it's good. it's not great. But the only thing that's interesting about it is it took place in New Haven. Oh yeah, that's all. Which is close to where we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also did Ghost Ship, and he directed the Deep Blue Sea Three, which I've never seen. <laughs> you also had an uncredited rewrite of the script here by Dick Beebe, who wrote the 1999 House on Haunted Hill remake, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Uh, cinematography by I'm going to butcher this, Andres Barkowick. Barkowick. Barkowiak, excuse I, me. I can't help you that one. I apologize. He <laughs> uh, he was director of photography on Death Trap. He also did Twins, Falling Down, and Speed. A very good movie. Composer was Jerry Goldsmith. Um, I'm not going to run through uh, everything he's done, but he was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, including the Oscar nominated for Oscars for LA Confidential, Basic Instinct, Hoosiers, and the he won the Oscar for The Omen. So for Jerry Goldsmith, yes. did you get the note that some of his music from the TV show made it into this? His music? There's a very odd note that basically said that some of his music from the original series made it in. But well, when I looked up the original series, he's not listed as having done the soundtrack. Uh, I don't know, but the original series music is in the movie of The Fugitive. And I know, this yeah. This is from the movie. So it's just, I think it's just kind of like this. Like, his there's redo of the score right. from the there, first there's in. There's a credit on here, which I didn't write it down because it's just basically, um, are you are you on Wikipedia? I have every, I have all the tabs, yes. Hang on. <laughs> Oh, never mind. I remembered his name. Uh, there is a credit on here for Roy Huggins, who wrote for the characters. Right. He yeah, has the yeah. same credit for The Fugitive because he wrote the characters for the TV show. So yeah, it just carried over. Yeah. yeah, it just carried over. Uh, edited by Terry Rollins. He, he is nominated for an Oscar for Chariots of Fire. He also edited Blade Runner and the movie Alien. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. Mm. And like I said, produced by Coppelson Entertainment. That's a husband and wife team and Coppelson who they, they have all produced uh, Perfect Murder, The Fugitive, obviously, uh, Seven, Falling Down, Platoon, Mad City, and The Devil's Advocate, to name wow. just a few. Well, they are a big time producing team. I believe Coppels, Arnold Coppelson passed away a couple of years ago, 2019, I'm guessing, I think. All right. So you have Sam Gerard played by Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, he was he won an Oscar for The Fugitive, which is probably why they did this movie. Played the same character. And he is awesome in The Fugitive. He's the, he's and I will get to it, but I believe his Sam Gerard in The Fugitive is much better than his Sam Gerard here. Oh, I we're we'll get have, to it. We're going to talk. Oh, we're going to have words. <laughs> he also was nominated for an Oscar for Lincoln in the Valley of Ela and JFK. Wesley Snipes plays Mark Sheridan. He is our fugitive for this movie. He is in Major League, Passenger 57. He's also in two movies that we did, New Jack City and White Men Can't Jump. I think we have to put Passenger 57 on this list. No, it's because I know I only the only reason I put it on this list is because I only remember the line always been on black. Well, that's because you've mentioned it now. It's because it's an awesome because lines, it's an awesome like line. It's an awesome <laughs> line. But the movie is not good. I don't really it's remember not, it at all. Well, I've seen it. I, I was on like maybe like a couple months ago and that I saw like uh, maybe 20 minutes of it. It's not good. After this movie ended, uh, HBO Max wanted me to watch Murder at 1700. And I was 1600. like, 1600. I've only watched that. <laughs> 1700 is yeah. down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I've, only, I've only watched that the one time and I was like, is that good? I remember being interested in it, but that might just be because I liked Wesley's Snipes. Well, do you, but like I, I lumped that with the Sentinel. Remember we talked about the Sentinel? Right. I yeah. Were like, we're like, you didn't know I know I've seen it, which. but like, yeah. what is going on in that? Like, I, so yeah. So those are, there's, there's a bunch of, 
White House. White House murders. Yeah, the Gene Hackman, Clint Eastwood one about, you know, like where he's his daughter gets oh, yep. involved or gets murdered or something like that. And he's trying to find out. There's a bunch of like those little things. Uh, so you also had Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Tony Stark's in this movie. He mm-hmm. plays Royce. Uh, he's not Tony Stark yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. He's in the ju- he's in the judge. He actually directed the judge as well. He was in Less Than Zero. He's also been nominated for two Oscars, Tropic Thunder, which I forgot about, and Chaplin. Uh, Joe Pantoliano as Renfro or Cosmo Renfro. You may know him as um, Cypher. <laughs> Cypher from The Matrix or Ralph Cifaretto from the TV show The Sopranos. Oh. <sighs> And of course, the Bad Boys trilogy, which I guess there'll be a quadrilogy now, right? Well, to do the fourth one. one. Did he die in the third one? His son, Will Smith's son. Spoiler: Will Smith's son kills him in the fourth one. In the third one. In the third one. Takes when? him out with a sniper. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. I, I've completely after blo- he talks to Martin. Lewis. you're right. I've completely blocked that out of my memory. Wow. And at the end, they're like forgiving him. And I'm like, they just killed like your best friend. Yeah, I don't like that. All right. Daniel Roebuck as Biggs. He's uh, from the TV show Matlock. He's also in River's Edge, Project X, and Final Destination. Tom Wood as Noah Newman. This is Tom Wood's last film because he goes on to be a musician. Oh, is that what he did? Okay. He's got a website. He's Governor Tom. He's created this musical entity called Governor Tom. And so he just creates music and stuff like that. He also was in Under Siege and Apollo 13. Latanya Richardson Jackson is in this. She plays um, Cooper. Cooper, yeah, right. Is that the her name? Yep. Okay. I didn't realize she's in Juice. She's the mother mm-hmm. in Juice, uh, which is the one we did. Uh, she's also in Malcolm X, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, and Losing Isaiah. Irene Jacob as Marie. She's in the Three Colors trilogy, Red, and she's also in the Double Life of Veronique. 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 Yeah, I guess so. Veronica. Veronica. I don't know. I'm not going to help you. There. I do want to watch the movie, though. <laughs> Kate Nelligan as Walsh. She's nominated for an Oscar for The Prince of Tides and The Cider House Rules. And then Michael Paul Chan as Chen. I only have him here because he's in the Goonies. Uh, so is Pentaliano, for those who don't know. Michael Paul Chan did a lot of, like, small stuff in the 90s. Yes, but he's actually, he is, he was on the TV show The Closer and the, I guess, the sequel to that the TV show Major Crimes for, like, the both total was like 300 episodes nice i know so and i actually really like the closer so he's and he's good in it he's like a he knows a lot of stuff like a lot of like information like one of those guys that has all this knowledge and stuff like that it's pretty cool so anyways that's i don't know i guess go watch the closer (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i i I, that's all i got 30 minutes later right so that's all the time we got got shut up (laughs) shut up okay it's a big cast so here's the here's my big thing and i'm gonna get right tell me why you hate it i don't I don't. Here's the thing. Is it fair for me to compare this movie to The Fugitive? No, it's not. But you're going to. But I do. But you. It. But you do anyway. You. You're. You're forced to. Listen. Even. I'm not going to completely disagree with you on a lot of the stuff you find right. wrong because I haven't seen this movie since probably 2000. I told you probably freshman year high, uh, college. I was the last time I watched this movie. So that's 2007. Right. 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 But so even now watching it, I'm like, okay, yes. There's stuff that you're going to point out that now I'm going to agree with you that maybe before I would have been like, ah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, go go ahead. Tell me no, why I, I'm, I and, I, and I'm not going to – I'm only using the comparison to The Fugitive just in terms of the Mark Sheridan character and what makes The Fugitive so much so good and what kind of it's missing out of this one is that in The Fugitive, you are invested in Richard Kimball's journey. It is trying to find his wife's killer – Prove his innocence. You know what I mean? It's his story. And the reason why Tommy Lee Jones is so good in this movie and Sam Gerard is so good is because he is, he does not have to carry the film. 
he is a character who's tracking him down, you know, he, and he's, he's charismatic and he's running this team and it's all good. Like that, but that's, that's in opposition of this story where we are invested in the Kimball story in the Mark Sheridan stuff. I don't know. Like it's, I don't know enough about Mark Sheridan. I don't, I'm not, it's not focused on him. It's focused on these guys. See, I think the problem with Mark Sheridan and you had brought it up, you know, off mic like a week ago when we first were like, Oh, what are we doing this week? We're doing us marshals is that he should have been guilty. And according to you, like test audiences didn't like it. Oh, they so didn't they like it. Yeah. Innocent, and, but, Cause they wanted, they wanted Gerard tracking down an innocent man so that he would be like, he would redeem himself or redeem the I innocent get that. man. And, yeah, and yeah. some of that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting, the spy twist and stuff, but the fact that it's just another fugitive who's innocent and you don't, because this is Gerard's film. Right. We don't get enough time with Sheridan to feel for him. Right. And he's because not it's a nice not, guy. And, and he's, a, he's a spy. He's, he's a murderer. He's it's not his, it's not his movie. It's not right. called The Fugitive 2 or whatever. It's called U.S. Marshals. So it's about them. So the what they're doing, like who they're hunting down or what the investigation is. It shouldn't or, be as important as it them. shouldn't be. It should be about them. It right. should be about either Gerard, somebody from Gerard's past, or it, it shouldn't be about somebody completely different that we're asked to make an investment in. But the movie's not about him. It's about the U.S. Marshals tracking him down. So he should be an ultimate, like you said, an ultimate bad guy. They should, you know what I mean? Right. He should kill more than one per. He should actually murder more than one person on their team. It should be just, and set it up where it's him against Gerard. Because in this, which they do in this, where they make it like... Gerard's going after he takes it personally. It's like they do it too late in the film. They do it too late. Like the death of Noah is way too late. Yep. Uh, because That's one of my notes, right. It's just, it comes way too late because you're just like, it, he needs to go on this journey alone where he disregards them. And, and he needs to realize that he needs his team. Right. He never does in this movie because it's too late. Well, he has his team the whole time. Yeah. True. So he doesn't need his team at the end because the team has done the work and he's done. Right. Noah dying at the beginning or toward the middle of the film would cause this ripple that would change it because the whole point of Sam Gerard is he always follows the rules. He always gets his man uh, and he follows the letter of the law. Like sure doesn't care if you're innocent or guilty. And then it all gets out the window, but only at the end. See, I don't. Yes, I Noah, agree. Noah should have died about an hour into the movie, an hour, 10 minutes right. into the movie. And as soon as you see Royce, you know, he's the bad guy. There's no, it's no, like when nobody's shocked when Robert Downey right. Jr.'s character Royce is suddenly the bad guy because he he, he just show I'm here to help you guys out. It's like, well, clearly no. Well, clearly there's something off. Yeah, and then he undoes his own handcuffs and stuff like that. Yeah. There should have been more moments of him going against his superiors. You know, you get that scene where he's in the office in uh, the UN mission headquarters and mm -hmm. he's just kind of like standing there while they're asking, how did you get these tapes of the murder Mark Sheridan had assassinated two other spies. Right, right. How did you get these tapes? You know, these are this is classified information. And there should have been like a scene where Robert Downey Jr. kind of split up. What I did because these guys are trying to do it. Like if he had had more moments where he stood up to them, mm -hmm. his bosses to try to make it seem like he was on Gerard's side, the twist would have been a little more shocking. Yeah, we were the audience is left to infer that from his just his demeanor, uh, his look, his looks, and stuff like his that. His look is kind of like, are you going to catch him? Just uh, you know, yeah, it's. It is not a heel turn where it's like shocking at all. Right, right. You're waiting for it the whole time. Right. So, and also, I mean, this also could be like, he didn't like working on the film, Robert Downey Jr. Did oh, you his see that? quote was like so pathetic. I was just like, come on, dude. It, you know, it's possibly the worst action film of all time. And then he goes off in this Eastern uh, religion. He a spirit guide. Yeah. He would say, this is killing you inside. Yeah. You know, I thought this would be the kind of movie that I used to like watching 
I could take my kids to and stuff. I don't, I didn't really go through like, you know, kind of like, you know, his history when he, had this is, sub- this is like into it. This is yeah. way into so, it. W- w- so you kind of know that. Oh yeah. That, that, the last scene in the hospital, he didn't show up for days. Yeah. They had to pause production and then he just finally showed up yeah, so and didn't apologize the, or say anything. What's funny it. is that there's obviously other stuff going on in the background and of his personal life. Right. And it's unfortunate, but hey, it, it is it is what it is. People have demons, and I get it. And you know, but like, uh, so I always remember the story about when Johnny Depp did Chocolat for Las Hallstrom, mm-hmm. and he said that because he also did What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and he had mentioned that he did it, he did it as a favor because he was such a he was such a jerk on What's Eating Gilbert Grape set, Gilbert Grape set because he was having issues and stuff like that, and he was right. he treated he was just not somebody pleasant to work with that he felt that he owed it to do this movie with him, and, and I I'm like okay. Like, yeah. I, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. It's like, you know, you, you make amends and I, I love that, but like, you know, you kind of want to like that kind of quote, you can't leave that quote out there. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. is still within his, that quote was still within his addiction. That yeah, no, I get that. I get yeah. that. It's just unfortunate that, you know, you, you kind of hope that you're like, yeah, no, that was bad. I shouldn't have said that or something like that. And, but what are you going to do? Well, that's, you move again, on. Yeah. Move that's on. still addiction. You know, he's kind of changed. He's definitely oh, turned his life. Of course. Now, of course. So. It's just, it's that, you know, that, that, I guess that note is kind of it is dated. Sad, Let's say it's dated. It is dated. Yeah. yeah Cause he'd probably have a different opinion now. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and I know that, what were we talking about where it's, we, when we did begin again, yeah. um, which is an episode we did, you should check out. That was last week. Well, last <laughs> week to us. Oh, 10 weeks no. ago to people listening. Now. Oh, you're right. I apologize. <laughs> 10 weeks ago. When we talk about how the director and Kieran Knightley didn't get along together and it, right. it, it took you out of the phone. Cause it's like, Oh, that's too bad. Cause you'd think like, this has a really good cast and you want to think like people had a good time filming or you, you don't like to hear, yeah, you know, people had a shit time making a movie that, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate in the end wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think my biggest, my biggest gripe with this movie is, is the script is the, is the, the plot. plot. Just yeah. kind of like when stuff happens and the fact that like, I, I, I think that it's sh- the Mark Sheridan character should not have been in there. I think it definitely needs to be more personal for the U S marshals. Well, I think that by making Mark Sheridan an assassin and a spy, you make it a different movie. Yeah. You needed more Sheridan then because that spy stuff is really interesting. The spies but operating if, within the U S yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's not, Gerard's story. So you don't yeah, focus on that. That's the thing. You, you basically sold this sequel as, we're going to bring back Tommy Lee Jones character and everyone else. And it's going to be about them. It's right. like, okay, then it needs to be about that. Let's learn more about their life. There's like the fact that he shows up uh, in the beginning with the reporter who is like 40 years, his junior. Well, yeah. And, and I'm boss, like, like, come on. And and the boss says like, obviously they, they have an affection for each other, but they right. never go Act into that. It. Right. You know, they never talk about how she's like, you know, I love you, but I won't be able to fire you. But like they never, you want at the end, but you want the end of the movie where you want him to be like, hey, let's go have dinner. You want him to understand that. Right. And you don't get that. I don't know if I want him to understand that. I'm only talking, I'm only talking about the ways to make this more personal to why it's called U.S. Marshals. That's what I'm saying. I think the focus on him, I think, again, Sheridan having that big spy story is too complicated and too complex. And Sheridan being a spy makes him a murderer anyway. So you might as well make him a bad guy. I mean, he's a spy. He did killing. He he was he was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he was good <laughs> and innocent of these crimes. It's just a bad guy would have been better, or just like some kind of like meek, innocent guy that just happens to be getting the better of them. You know, some kind of survivalist or, or who kind of kind of can blend in. Or, you know, Kimbo was a doctor. You need somebody like that if you're gonna make another person innocent. But it's not so it, not no, a super spy because that makes that character too interesting. I just think you don't. I think you can't focus on the 
the, the fugitive in this movie because it's not about them. It's about the U.S. Marshal. So right. you need something like in Die Hard or Die Hard of the Vengeance where it's somebody who has a bone to pick with Gerard. Just like somebody had a bone to pick with McClane. Oh, sure. You, you know what I mean? That, yeah. you, that's what you do. You do somebody that is actively trying to go at them and make and you're not making them the heroes here. You're just making them civil servants. And right, you're right. expecting us to be like, oh, Mark Sheridan, we have, we got to hope that he, you know. And Wesley Snipes does a good job in this movie. It's oh, Wesley, not yeah. his fault. It's just the way the script is. Did you know originally it was supposed to be Sam Jackson? Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, I think I was, I was thinking I don't. That would be way different. Yeah. And that and I would and I would always just think about the negotiator because Absolutely, it's almost yeah. you know what I mean? It's the same thing. And the he, same year, right? Ninety oh yeah, I think so. Ninety eight. He'd be playing right. the same character. Yeah, he yeah. Probably, probably and he I wonder if he if he realized uh, that when yeah, he got that. And yeah. it was like, I'm doing this over here. Yeah, why bother? Yeah, no. <laughs> um Wesley Snipes is good in the movie. It's just it's not his fault. It's the character that it's just the way the script is. There, yeah, yeah. It's just not it's the focus is not where it should be. That's that's probably my biggest thing. Um, like, like I love so. I'll, let's go into a couple of things I like, and then I'll just I'll start nitpicking. Um, <laughs> there's two things I like in this movie that are fantastic. It's the models. It's the model. The plane crashing. Oh, the plane crash is awesome. Yep, and was super super complicated. Yes, to do. we'll get and and the stunt of him jumping off the roof, which is actually how it happened. Yes, like you. When I read that, I was like. Excellent. One shot, one take. Can only yeah, do it, one. So the uh, part where Mark Sheridan gets caught on the roof and Gerard's up there, they're trying to redo the it's, scene. From the, the see, that's, the other thing. that's the other thing they're doing. They're trying to recreate moments from the original movie, which is come on. There's there's two moments where they try to recreate the plane. Three, the both moments. Well, the crash. Well, the crash. They wanted a better crash. Yeah. The stupid. We've got a fugitive. When they do it that nonsense, like speech. I'm like I'm supposed to like I, like the expectation is as an audience member, I'm supposed to stand up on my seat and go, yeah. You got to check every outhouse, hen house. Yeah, yeah uh, come absolutely. On. Yeah. Although I do like that it leads up for him just like not liking what the other sheriffs. Did. We gotta make a circle thing. Yeah. There's that moment on the roof, and then there's the moment at the end. Yeah. Where he lets them go, and they have their little. They're very slight no, little no, the, the plane crash as well is supposed to outdo the train crash. That's the whole oh, reason. Why, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, he's on the roof and he jumps and he's, he's attached to a pulley, a rope, swings down across this building to the, and it, they say like to the top of the subway, but he gets to the top of the roof next to the subway right, and then yeah. jumps on it. So that movement, that uh, jump that from the roof to that building was actually really happened was a stuntman, uh, Clay Donahue Fontenot, who was no safety net. There's no airbag. He had to jump from the roof to the train roof. He had to do, he did it in one take. It took 10 weeks to plan and eight hours to set up. And he did that stunt. And you tell then I'm going to tell you 17 seconds. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I know it's dangerous, but I prefer that to anything that's on stagecraft or anything that's on green screen because I that to me that's impressive. That's filmmaking. Oh, absolutely. It's that's stunt, action movie. That's yeah, what you that's what stuntmen do, yeah. and that stuntmen want to do, and stunt women want to do that. That's why you come. Like we talk about yeah. all the time. That's why you go to see Mission Impossible because it's Tom Cruise actually doing. Yeah. This stuff. even the fact that it's not it. it's not Wesley Snipes. It's a, no, it's, yeah, it's not man. It's still great. It's still awesome. Yeah. yeah no, that that I have there was nothing no problem with that. Um, I mean, I am wondering where he got that rope. I don't know. It's a Every time system. I watch I him, I'm like, where, where did he get it? He just found it. Yeah. Do you care now? Oh, I never cared because he swings and it's like, oh, <laughs> so I like that. And then I also enjoyed the model plane. So a thousand pound model plane was used on a twelve hundred foot long miniature road. Took 75 people six months to bring the entire plane crash scene together. And that was under visual effects supervisor, Peter Donan or Donan. The interior of the plane 
was shot on stage in Chicago. It was a fuselage that was rigged to a gimbal system to simulate the jolting. They actually used another upside down plane uh, that they could sink into the water and and pull up at any time because the exteriors were used in the Ohio River, uh, which is obviously in in Illinois. So all that stuff happened. And it's like... That's awesome. I, I like model work. I, I know that when you watch it and you're just like, oh, it's a model, but it, it, who cares? It looks good. Yeah. This model looks like it doesn't even really look like a. it's well lit. It is. It's, it's good. Really and that they only had one chance to do this because yeah. they, they only built one model. So it's nine cameras set up to film the whole thing. Film the through. whole when yeah. it comes down and crashes and it it's rolls. All the it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a tangible thing that you can hold on to that you can touch. Like, wow, that's even though that's a thousand pound model. It's still some. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah, that's Which, to even me is, today. Yeah, twenty twenty one. You film something like that in CG, it's gonna look like CG. Oh yeah, there's no way to fake that. There's a point when the plane goes starts going down, and that's CG. And I and I love Air Force One, but the end of Air Force One where the plane's going down, that oh, looks awful. It's it's <laughs> not great. It's not it's not ideal. It's a video game. <laughs> it's it's worse. But you know, I would have much rather have a model plane doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I so the crash is great and, and everything leading up to it and you know but I guess they wanted to make it big but like one of the notes I had about the about the plane was like the inside of the plane they had to recreate on their own because they, they were disappointed in how yeah. the actual prisoner so planes. the director <laughs> and the production designer went to real prisoner planes just to see hey like what do they do here and they just found out that they're just planes there's nothing special so they designed all the seats they designed the locking mechanisms underneath which makes no sense that why wouldn't they just move their legs when they put them down there when they're in the chains and they drape the chains in a little in a little thing and then yeah. it locks it's like they could just lift up their legs if they don't see them but regardless of that the outside uh, bathroom so that they can see them going to the bathroom right. like all that stuff was was set up right was designed by them which it's cool it's interesting and it also made me it remind me of con air a little bit oh because they're making yeah, up stuff yeah yeah but still it, it, it was good so i enjoyed those two moments or those two sections of the film uh those are well done uh that's probably where the bulk of the budget went because you weren't paying any of the, you weren't paying a lot of the people that are part of the team like roebuck and pantaliano no i'm sure snipes and jones are the ones that got paid yeah oh no no doubt because uh because pantaliano this is 98 he has yet to do the matrix or he's about to do the matrix right he has yet to be on the sopranos uh bad boys was 96 he's been in bad boys yeah Yeah, he's done a couple things he's um he's not where he could probably command a certain amount of money right he's certainly the biggest star of the side of his team of sam's team but yeah he's not as big as he is now right but yeah, those those the crash is great. The stunts are great. I like that Wesley Snipes is actually going over that way. And one scene, Sam Jarrett's chasing Wesley Snipes. And it's you can tell it's actually Snipes jumping the fence and falling off the fence. Yes. Uh, and then they skip to Tommy Lee Jones and Jones goes up. But then the stunt man goes Of course over. it's not him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course it's not. But him. I was like, oh. So the, a lot of stuff I like. I like the. I like them saving the prisoners. I like that scene after the crash. Even though he leaves like three or four. He leaves eight. They killed yeah. eight people. Yeah. Or no, eight people died. So he leaves two people. Well, he leaves people Six still people attached. Because yeah. Yeah. he had no time. He gets gotcha. the one guy out. But it's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know what those guys did. Hopefully they really deserve well, it. Well, they're all prisoners. Like, oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, but I think that whole scene's great. I like that Sheridan, you know, you get that he's not a bad guy. But at the same time, he kind of, he does leave them. Which is a little different because Kimball wouldn't have left. 
Yeah, Kimball. Yeah, Kimball would have stayed to save those other two guys. That's see, that's my problem with sequels, or is they always try to recreate the stuff from the original. It's like just make your own film. Just, I mean, I get it. Callbacks are fine. A little nods here and there are fine. But like when you're just out and out trying to match or double the scene that you know worked right. in the first one, that's not going to work again. It's just, it's just not going to be. It's not going to be the same effect. I think this crash had a, had a good effect though. The, the crash I mean, itself, even like the but, regular the scenes during it. But see, the crash itself is fine. The the actual, you know, everything that went into it, which we just talked about right. about five minutes ago. But the fact that it's it it was done because they wanted to mimic the crash from the train and kind of give you that same. They're trying to use the same formula that made you like Richard Kimball to make you like Mark Sheridan. And you and we already See, talked I don't about think you the can't crash do that. Is doing that so much. Well, the after the crash. I mean, the after the crash. I don't think it makes you like him because he doesn't leave those other two guys to die. You're talking about Mark Sheridan. Mark Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. It just shows you that like, it just gives you that moment where he and Gerard are together for the first time. It gives you that first like, ooh, I just, does, I, he, does he know that the movie's going to be about this guy? I was I didn't get that at all. I mean, I didn't get I mean, this is like my 90th time. I don't know what it was like <laughs> when I watched it the first time, but. Well, how about this with Gerard? <clears throat> um, so I made the comment at the beginning that he's not the same Gerard from The Fugitive. Right. And I'll give you a couple examples. Okay. Well, let me ask you this first. How do you view Gerard's character to begin with from The Fugitive? Somebody who is what? Someone who does their job to the letter of the law. Right. Someone who doesn't care if you're guilty or innocent. Someone who knows what they're tasked to do. Right. And will stop at nothing to do it. I agree with that. I don't buy this Gerard who, when he shows up at the bar in the beginning of the movie, like, oh, it's the U.S. Martin. And they're all loud. And they're all like, this is what we do. And they're like, like I don't right. buy the fact that that Gerard is going to be like, I'm a U.S. Marshals motherfucker. Why do you, you know what I mean? Like, we did this. We, woo, yeah, buy everyone around. We buy U.S. Marshals. Woo. I don't buy that Gerard. Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's Gerard. I, right. I think that's the Gerard that he plays for for his team. I don't. Think I think he's the guy that just wants to get the job. No, I I understand what you're saying. Right. But like the Gerard doesn't in the Fugitive again. Again, I know we're not supposed to compare, but I am going to compare because it's the same set of characters. He gives shit to Noah in the beginning. He get, he gives them all shit. He does it in this movie a little bit, but he does it almost like 95 percent in the first movie because he knows what the job is and he knows right. that it's tough and it's not you know he's not i don't <laughs> i mean this is a drug that's been working with his team for like five or six extra right. years now right the same people when he shows up after the train crash in um the fugitive right and he takes over yeah he doesn't care about local law enforcement he doesn't care about any of that but in this one He's just kind of like, oh, you know, it's like it's played for laughs. And then he's like, well, what do you think we should do? The deputy, because the deputy's trying to do this thing. And then he comes in and kind of does this, 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 and he, he does over. this thing. But like, you would think that he would already, like, I don't, see, I don't buy that. I think he would just already be like this. No, we've got a fugitive. I'll take it over. Like, I think he's not as. Well, I think that also the plane crash kind of shakes him at the beginning, Maybe. which I would have liked to have seen more of, because it seems like that does affect him. And then all of a sudden it no longer affects him. Right. Um, but in terms of like working with your team and like lightening up after a while, I, I was okay with that. I don't like the lightening up. I just, I just, I don't know. There, it's a it, to me, it's a different Gerard. I just, I just feel it's different. Like I understand the whole thing about lightening up with your team, but then that comment at the end of the movie when she says, "Look, your team looks like they need a drink," and then he goes and he does that. That moment would strike me much better if I didn't have the moment in the bar in the beginning. Because I I don't ever want to see Gerard let loose until I maybe would agree. The, okay, uh, I would agree. You know with what I'm that. saying? Yeah, the, maybe not be so loud. Go there, but like not really talk much. Yeah, yeah. I, when, I mean, I, when he's more loud, 
moving Gerard out of that scene, I thought they all were annoying. Like if I'm in that bar, oh, I have the same note. Yeah. If I was, I, I've never been to a cop bar, but man, I'd be like, shut up. Hush. Yeah, I know. I get it. Oh, that's us on TV. It's like, uh, calm the fuck yeah. down. Right? I was yeah. like, I knew it was a cop bar and I always go there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Buddies with all of them. It's like, I'm just here for a drink, man. Yeah, they were annoying. They were annoying. <laughs> Too like, real annoying. <laughs> and they're like, hey, man. And he opens a beer. He's like, is he paying for that? Or are you just giving away your beer now? Like when Gerard walks in. Oh, the bartender gives it to him like he knows. Yeah, yeah. but like I'm like, is he? Is that on his tab? Like, I don't know. They gave him that other <laughs> bottle of vodka. Bottle of vodka in the house. Yeah, no. They, uh, they, they, the, the, that's the other thing with the team. The team doesn't, again, going from the first to the second, the team doesn't mature not mature like adults but mature in terms of like i don't know any more about them i don't know any background about them at all that's royce's fault by giving gerard royce yeah. you take away his time with the team because I, now he's well, with this other new person yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah yeah i mean he's got some time with noah um you know calling him the kid and sending the kid out yeah. to do things but you don't really get a lot of time with the rest of the team because he's with this new royce guy and he's yeah. like that's his new you know, mentee, he's teaching him the ropes on how to be a U.S. Marshal. Yeah, yeah. But that that takes away what the movie should be about, which is U.S., like you said, U.S. Marshals. Yeah, no, it should be. Yeah. I need to know more about them. And I think more need to lose their lives, unfortunately. I think, you know what I mean? See, I don't, I would agree with that if you didn't kill, like, if you kill Noah that far into the movie, yes. But if you're going to kill Noah at the beginning, I don't think you need that. Well, maybe because he's the kid. He's clearly the one that Gerard kind of looks out for, right? And but like, kill him like, the last twenty minutes of the movie. They don't even. They have the same guy, and I don't. I don't remember the actor's name, but they had the guy that they keep calling uh, the older black guy with the mustache. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember his act. The actor. I believe name, he's or, from the Fugitive as well. He is from the Fugitive. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I'm like, isn't he part of the team? I thought the same thing. I was like, he was in the Fugitive. Why this is, is he? Yeah. I wanted to watch the Fugitive before. Well, you, I watched you this. should just watch it because it's awesome. But. I'm like, why isn't he there? Like, who's the team? Like, why isn't he part of them? Like, he because he was with them in the fugitive when they go and they go interview the guy at the uh, courthouse in jail. I'm pretty sure he's with them. Also, in the scene where they're at the St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah, that's what. That's the same. That's the scene right after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's part of the team. Maybe he was filming. I know he's in a bunch of stuff. Okay, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. I wonder if they had to like sneak him in. Yeah, because because at the end of the movie, when she's like, "Go be with your team," there's like three of them. I'm like, "There's not more." I thought there was just the main guys that visit him in uh, the little podunk barbecue Mm -hmm. place. Yeah. No. But I, I still really like the dialogue. I like the team, even though I'd like to spend more time with the team. And I like Gerard. I think Gerard's an interesting character. I think the way he performs his duties is interesting. Well, there's, that's the re- he's the reason why he won the Academy Award. Oh, exactly. And the fact that it's Tommy Lee Jones. And no one else yeah. is playing this character other than Tommy Lee Jones. I know that in uh, Quibi tried to do their new Fugitive series. Oh, that looked, no. That was, was stupid. Kiefer Sutherland playing a character with a different name. Yeah. And the Fugitive was a different person and no. stuff like that. But. I mean, you really like it'd be I'd be hard pressed to find another person. Obviously, this is based on a TV show where someone else did play Gerard. But you've got to have someone like Tommy Lee Jones. You believe is that letter of the law person. Um, I'm he's he's letter of the law, but he's also just somebody who's a charismatic like officer. Exactly. That's like, you the know, thing. So you, you don't play. You both. have that. You have that from heat, but he's not. Obviously, the letter of the law, they're like Al Pacino's just trying to get at it. Den of Thieves with Gerard Butler, who's really good in that. But that's more again. They're, I still haven't seen Den of Thieves. I watched Den, Den of Thieves is, you know, it's 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 actually good. It's got a lot of good action. But, it, you know, they're they're basically they're almost like the same. The, the, the criminals and the, and the cops are almost like have the same bravado and the same tough mentality. But obviously one's cops and one's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think you would like Den of Thieves. Yeah. 
Did you know that Wesley Snipes can't swim? Oh yeah, he hated all his swimming scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow. The scene where he pops out of that swamp, I'm like, you must fucking reek, dude. I you saw must that. Smell so bad. I saw that when he pops out of the swamp. I'm just like, I like, were you like all gung ho there, or do they have the talking end of that? Oh, there was no way he's gung ho. <laughs> well, that I guess that's, I'd be like, get you getting somebody to make sure there's no alligators and snakes. I guess either that part of the swamp or parts of that swamp they used to shoot the movie in the heat of the night. Yep. With Sidney Poitier. Yep. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his name. But yeah. <laughs> Did you know in the beginning? I like the opening. The I like the, the chicken. Yeah, the chicken, I like that. But scene. he was supposed to be a priest, and they thought it wasn't interesting. Yeah, which I agree. I, I like him as the chicken. Yeah. I like him dropping the uh, the plate as that lady. And she's, she's like, like, all what right. I, what I love, yeah. What I love is like she just she just, all right, and she walks away. It's like you know she'd be yelling at him. Oh yeah, it, it, <laughs> that'd be a whole thing. Yeah, he bit one of my kids, so I hit him on the head. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But that scene is good. That's like a classic '90s opening uh, when they when they bust in. Um, and they, they, you know, they, they, they capture the two guys. So that's a nice way to introduce them again. Oh yeah. That they're still doing their job. They're still catching fugitives. Right, Not all right. fugitives are innocent, which should have been the point. <laughs> uh, do you love the Starbucks scene where they're suddenly in a Starbucks? <laughs> I just love the fact that she, she worked. <laughs> he, so I'm trying to figure out. So he's a tow truck driver. Yep. And then he met her and she is a barista. Like that's yeah. her job. Okay. An artist, but yeah. But the, like, how about where she lives? Like on the third floor of some house, and they got to walk up the fire escape to mm. get there. I'm just like, what? The, why would I? Why would you live here? You have to walk down and up and down this thing all the time. Looks like a pretty nice apartment, though. Oh well, that's that's the set, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they did use that because when they walk out, it seemed like from yeah, the inside is, they yeah, were outside, yeah. so maybe they were on location, which I can always appreciate. <laughs> Uh, I also noticed at the Windy City gym when they go to find uh, Chen has murdered one of the guys they're looking for. Uh, I'm pretty sure is the Patty's Pub entrance from uh, Always Sunny. Oh no! I'm pretty sure that's in LA. That's on that's on an LA backlot. I I think is it? I believe so. They don't shoot. They they don't shoot. I know they don't shoot in Philly. Yeah, they only shoot some stuff in Philly. But that's when you'll know when they're shooting Philly because they're in Philly and you can see. Oh, we're in Philly. But I think that that's that's in LA. Ooh, Maybe I, don't know. I mean, I know exactly that like it. I know that the the cemetery that they shot at that they kept calling Queens Hill yeah, Chicago was, was in Chicago. It's not clearly in not in New York. It was not in New York. <laughs> so, yeah, so they were all over the place. Well, the whole time they're shooting the shooting up in the cemetery with the big gunfight. I'm like, who pays for the repairs to the cemetery? Is that going to be the government paying for it? Or well, some cemeteries are privatized, but right, but they would probably send a bill to yeah, yeah, the because the they, I always think about um with in Lethal Weapon three. When they get, is it three when they get busted? Yeah, they get busted down to p- patrol, oh, yeah, patrol because officers, yeah. they've cost the city so much money. Yep. Yeah, so, no, I always think about that. <clears throat> I, I, speaking of the uh, cemetery scene, I guess Snipes didn't like the outfit, the disguise. Oh, like the disguise it was, yeah. Yeah, I can, it was dumb. I can understand his trepidation, but why didn't they just change it? Like, would he just like, I don't like this. So, like, just, yeah, we only get the one wig, Wesley. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. And, the wig does look dumb. And there's uh, just go, kind of going along with Snipes in terms of Mark Sheridan's character. There's a moment where he goes into that smoke shop and it's like they never explain any of that. I know that's like a guy that has his old army, army his guy. old sergeant. Yeah. But like what's exact? What is this place? Is this a safety? It's a place that the spies or the kites, as they say. Yes. Um, which is a term I've never, I've heard, never heard. Yeah. I, I've never heard the term kites before in terms of like cutting the string and they're going to go. Uh, they make that up. Yeah. 
where the the spies the spies on U.S. soil basically go to get their stuff and their orders and all that. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting, but I had the same question. Like, I want to know more about that, and that's I think one of the problems with U.S. Marshals is I kind of want to know more about the spy stuff. Well, that goes along with what we talked but, yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, it's a good scene because I like the fact that even the other guy doesn't know if Sheridan did it or not. Mm. Whereas with Kimball, it's like anyone who knows Kimball knows. He didn't do it. Right. But with Sheridan, it's like you murdered people, so you don't really have right. anybody on your side. And to be fair, um, even though this is not Snipes' fault, uh, it's you're when you're comparing the fugitive in this to Harrison Ford, who's in the fugitive, who is a huge star. And this is the fugitives are 93. Mm-hmm. It's like that was in when Ford was cranking out those hits. So right. His star was way bigger. So his people are going to the fugitive because, oh, that's the new Harrison Ford film. People are not going to this movie because Wesley Snipes is in it. And that is not to denigrate Wesley Snipes. He's he's good in this movie. It's just the script fails him and and the kind of situations that failed his character. Right. The other thing that really bothers me in the film is when they're in the old folks home. And they're searching all the rooms and like, oh, locked door. All right. Yeah. Like the next one. Yeah. Why didn't he just lock the door when he went into one of the rooms and hide out? Well, speaking of that, in that scene when Robert Downey Jr. is about to put bullets in his head and then Noah comes in, I should say Royce, excuse me. And then Royce turns around and shoots him. Right. And then he, okay, let's go. But like, there's still the old guy in the room. So nobody wanted to talk to the old man in the room and say like, hey, what happened here? He Royce still should have shot him. Well, clearly the old man can't speak. Well, I you guess. don't know that. Yeah, exactly. He just had oxygen going on. So there was like a huge plot hole where it's like, mm, you could just have the conversation. With, like, I was just expecting him to wheel in and be like, <laughs> you, and like, did it. exactly. Or like, you know, we've, we've caught you. Like, so I guess we should talk about the end. Uh, so at the end of the movie where uh, Gerard figures out that Royce did it because he, Royce is putting away the gun that, supposedly killed Noah. Yeah, that Sheridan had on him and the serial numbers fall off and then Gerard looks at the gun and clearly it's the same gun that he he showed yeah, him before. It's, so, it's so stupid. It's so stupid of a... And now Royce has a Glock to copy his mentor because yeah. uh, Sheridan or uh, Gerard said, you know, you should have a Glock on you. Get away this this toy. Royce should have just gotten another exact version of his silver gun. Right, right. It, it was compl- just dumb. Just a dumb way to just wrap it up. Uh, so dumb is actually what I wrote in my note right there. <laughs> that is my note. <laughs> what do I have in my note? Do and I then his a- big villain reveal takes so long. It's so ridiculous. Well, that's, you know what? That's My note is, why would he be that stupid to use the same gun as he had before? And then my second note is, this isn't a well thought out plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, he goes in and he's ripping stuff out. It's like, you don't have any, you're, you're a spy, right? You don't have any kind of just put something in his IV that gives him a heart attack. And it, it, you have to make this big show of cutting him, cut yourself loose. And then you're going to shoot him. No one's going to believe this. I'm OK with that. Like just trying to figure out something in the moment. Mm-hmm. But the, the speech that he does and letting him fall to the floor and like talking about like, just get the job done. Yeah. Like you're a spy. Just get the job done. So for all the stuff that I'm saying about the film, the problems, I would actually not have been opposed if they did a third one and it was. Sheridan was on Gerard's team and they were, were and like he became a U.S. Marshal. You know what I mean? Like I would have been okay with that. All right. Because there's not, and I think partly because I don't know enough about Sheridan in this movie. And I mean, what else is Sheridan really going to do at this right, point? Exactly. Right. He's no longer, he can, he's got to come in. He's been, as he says, righteous. He's made, he's made righteous. He can't be a spy again. Yeah. What's he going to do? So tow truck drive. <laughs> use your skills, man. Why wouldn't Gerard be like, why don't you come up and join the U.S. Marshals or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I would just like to have seen more anyway, because his crew is still a decent, like 
again, they didn't spend enough time with him, but I still like them. They have personality. They clearly have a chemistry together. Yeah, yeah. Gerard is still great in this film. I know you don't like him as much, but I, I just think no, he's great. I Tommy Lee Jones is. I just think it's a different Gerard. That's See, all. I think it's the same. I don't. I think just think so. you're spending more time with him. But I don't. He's not the same character as he was in the Fugitive. I'm I, still going to stay with that. I think he's been affected differently. Uh, this film, it's a different kind of case for him. You tell me the moment in this film where in the Fugitive, when Kimball tells him, "I didn't do it," and he's like, "I don't care." He he's not like that in this movie. Maybe maybe it's more because he's reacting to everything and he's not as proactive in this film. He's just reacting to stuff that's happening. You know what I mean? Like, because even in The Fugitive, and I know it's it's terrible to compare them, but even in The Fugitive, they're solving a case. They're going, they're having interviews with people. They're talking to people. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Right. This one, they're just tracking them down. Well, because they don't have, yeah, it's a spy story. Right. I got you. But then they can't really follow it. They mm-hmm. do a little bit toward the end. For the most part, you're following Sheridan because they don't have this information. This mm-hmm. information isn't something like Kimball is clearly trying to prove his innocence on a case from regular people. It's just and that's the, not a cover. And there's an investment in the audience there trying to be like, oh, my God, what's what happened? Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? They got to believe him. They're going to believe him. And this one, you're just like, what's you're the, along for the ride? Right. Because you don't really know. Maybe. The, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think another thing is in The Fugitive, you know what's going on with that murder right away. You've. You st- you open with a very clear that. version of what happened with the murder. In this film, you open with this janky security camera. The best footage. security camera footage no ever idea. that does close ups and oh yeah, yeah. This, this image is really brutal. Let's blow it up and crease. All right, yeah, I'm they're like, clearly what? in like avid. <laughs> 1998 avid blow it up clear it up exactly yeah yeah but i think if you had a little bit more clarity as to what happened in that garage Mm -hmm. if it opened with the scene and you never get the actual scene yeah true only get the security if you got the actual scene you'd be more invested in sheridan's case Mm -hmm. and i also think it would have given it a bunch of action toward the beginning but you get that with the chicken scene and the u.s marshals hunting down the first group of criminals but i think it wouldn't have hurt to have a more clear scene showing sheridan's innocence showing what he is he's a dangerous guy but he clearly was set up yeah would have helped a lot better so in the original cut sheridan was working with barrows now barrows is the one that goes to get the things at the end when he's going to kill him yes okay and he he was working with barrows and he was selling intelligence to chen lamb who's the boss got wind of this and sent two agents that sheridan killed to intercept the backdrop so between chen chen and sheridan so that happens barrows then plants sheridan's fingerprints to give lamb the suspect of sheridan and then chen arranged sheridan's assassination on a prisoner trans transit plane so sheridan wouldn't talk so that was the original thing royce was never part of the conspiracy this is the robert Downey jr character Mm -hmm. he was simply blinded by revenge uh, on sheridan killing his two friends and he never killed Noah, never killed Newman uh, when he saw him trying to shoot him. And then they had, but, and then after they did the test screening and they didn't like the fact that Gerard was, was chasing down a fugitive that actually was guilty, they reshot, like did a lot of post-production so they reshot stuff to have that Royce and all to add that stuff in. So the stuff that we have, the stuff that we're complaining about. Is test part audience was part of the problem was they were putting in there and so it's really test audience yeah fault. that this is a movie that <laughs> this is a movie that you didn't have somebody going because this isn't this is directed by Stuart Baird and it's probably his first or second directed film it's not second, yeah it's not Andrew Davis who has more uh more credits under his belt right it's it's not Harrison Ford in the lead so it's it's you're you know you, that kind of almost gives the green light for people to be like oh wait a minute we, we can we, make these yeah, changes let's, let's right. manufacture you know what they want and that, that never works. I mean, maybe once in a million it works and 
it never never works that so works that's what probably the audience the- wants works for big studio like blockbuster action films maybe your feel-good popcorn flicks and this is not what this is this right. is a thriller and you, you hold into a story i would like that much better with royce not being guilty because you get the the yin and yang of royce also looking for revenge and gerard let's say you said noah doesn't die i don't they say he doesn't kill him but i don't know if he doesn't die I, so have Sheridan kill Noah, maybe, or why not? But why why not have why see when you pop Royce in there in the beginning, right? Immediately your antenna's up, going, "This guy's not good." So if and you should play and you should play against that, absolutely. absolutely. And but, he should be able to prove himself that he's not that he's one of them, right? And Royce not getting that revenge or doing the right thing, yeah, and becoming more like Gerard within right. the law would really serve. And then you can story. have a moment at the end where he's like, "Ah, yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll come Drug on over to you guys." Yeah. yeah, and then you and that that agreed, agreed. Reed, Sheridan innocent or not. That would have been more interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. They, 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 I think they were probably towing the line between trying to follow what worked in the first one and trying, you know what I mean? And trying to add stuff that's different from the first one. Right. Your, your focus is on the good but guys. They, clearly they did want to do that. Yeah. And the audience wanted. Well, a I don't know if the audience had that, the not the audience, but the test audience, the test right. screening audience had that much of effect on the original version of the script, not just the ending, but in terms of, you know, the, the, the Sheridan plot or the, or the, how much you saw the U S Marshals. Cause I don't have any notes in terms of like, you knew anything more about Renfro or any of the other no, people. I get that, the, yeah. but they had a, that Sheridan had to be innocent and all that. Yeah. I think that changes the movie quite a bit. Okay. But that being said, I still really do like this movie. I think it's still fun to watch. I think it is a little too long. I, mean, I think you could have cut short some Sheridan stuff because again, you don't find out a whole lot about him to begin with. So yeah, what does it matter? It, here's it's a it's a movie that if someone said, "Hey, what do you want to watch?" I've never seen U.S. Marshals. Do you want to watch that? I'd be like, "Okay," but it's not a movie I'm picking. See, I'd still go back to this movie every once in a while. Uh, see, I'd I mean, rather just like watch it. I just watched The Fugitive. The Fugitive is a better movie. I'm not saying that's that it's what, not. That's why I would watch it. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make this a bad movie. I agree. It's still a, a decent movie. Uh, I think the dialogue's great. I think the acting's great. I think Tommy Lee Jones is awesome. The music's pretty. We didn't even go to the music. I like the music. The music's the good. Song's Classic good. night. I cla- listen. I like the '90s action. I like the stunt work. I like the plane. I like the jump. I like the sh- the the opening. I like seeing time religions. I like the the overall characters. I, there's a lot of stuff I do like in this movie. I just I am not invested in the story of Mark Sheridan or anything else that I'm just like I don't it I don't care. I just don't. Eh. So it doesn't that doesn't bring me too much. Him. Like there's no intrigue. Sam Gerard doesn't care. He doesn't <laughs> say that in this movie. Not that, he want, not that I, I want, him to. want him to say it again. But there's that. I just no, no. Anything else before we wrap up? This, this movie's not as bad as you think it is. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, it, it does have problems, but it's not bad. I still enjoyed. I this think film. you're 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 giving it a pass because I don't know why. I don't know why. Why are you giving it a pass? Why do you hate everything? I don't hate everything, but there's there's major plot holes in this movie. The only it, thing it, you've this, liked lately is old like like This movie is a super flaw. This movie is this movie has major flaws that I cannot ignore. Do I hate the movie? No, but it's got major flaws. I don't call them major. Plot, it's got flaws. The, if if the foundation of a movie it's script, and I'm telling you the script is is got flaws, then the, then the whole foundation, the whole movie is. It's got cracks. It's got cracks. Uh, I don't know. So you live in your broken house of a film. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, I mean, we haven't even asked the question about why it's forgotten. Why do you think, why are we saying it's forgotten? Why are you saying it's forgotten? Because you chose Harrison Ford as the fugitive. That's why you think it's forgotten. (laughs) Because the fugitive is, is, the problem is, and this is something else, like you even said, you can't get out of your head, is the fugitive is a classic. The fugitive is fantastic. It's definitely up there in Harrison Ford's, what, top? 
I don't know, five films. If you can count Indiana Jones as one. Oh, yeah, you count like the whole, his trilogy. character. Yeah, 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 yeah I got you. Yeah, it's top five. It's top five Harrison Ford films. And it's a huge, huge 90s film. You could say it's top five Harrison Ford if you exclude Star Wars, any Star Wars and any Indiana Jones. Yeah, you got to combine them as character. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to beat it. And you're always going to compare it against it. And it'll never be that good. Agreed. Uh, the same thing, anything with the sequel. It'll never be as good as, or rarely be as good as the classic. It'll still be good, something you want to watch, but it's tough to make anything better than the thing that was so big and so great. Right. I mean, even when Empire Strikes Back came out, people didn't like it as much as the first Star Wars. It took a long time for it to become the better Star Wars, or it took a few years for it to become the right. better Star Wars. I think the fact that Ford's star was so big that that's what, I mean, I, I don't want to compare them, but like, I think that's probably why it didn't maybe do as well yeah, even as that, the Fugitive. That opening weekend, it's total gross. It just... yeah. I don't think people were interested in the Sam Gerard character as much as the studio thought they would be. Which is too bad because I really like Tommy Lee Jones uh, as Sam Gerard. I think he does a great job and I think he's an interesting character. But yeah, yeah. I would agree. It's I mean, definitely, the money shows it. Well, it's definitely a character that could have could be in other things. Let's put it that way. Oh, you know for sure. I, mean? I yeah. wouldn't mind even like a book series. Do you, rem- do you remember the it, the the movie where he's the Texas Ranger and he has to watch the cheerleaders? Yep. Yep. It's almost like... That could have been Sam Gerard. <laughs> Put him in different genres each time. I don't know. I'm just saying like that could have been the Sam Gerard character, but no, that's absolutely. neither here nor there. All right, man. Uh, where can they find us? They can find us on Forgotten Cinema Podcast, uh, dot com or wherever you get your podcast. Clearly, you're listening to us right now. So while you're here, wherever you are, just drop a little uh, likey, a little subscribey, a little reviewy. Uh, just uh, help us out. I don't like any of that. <laughs> Uh, all that stuff goes a long way in helping our podcast grow uh, and check out ForgottenEntertainment.com we got a bunch of other great shows there as well as our own and our blog posts and all that kind of good stuff and on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema depending on where you are yes that's great sounds great find us and come back next week because we're coming back we're actually going back to 1987 we're going back to high school uh, we're going to watch Jerry Mitchell get the crap kicked out of him in 3 o'clock high a movie that Butler has not seen nope so this should be very interesting I right. know of the title you never heard of it, which is surprising because it's a kind of a cult classic. Apparently, yeah. It's yeah. part of a Brat Pack film. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, no. uh, the Brat Pack. Remember them? <laughs> All right. So nonetheless, I am Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.